this entire episode, I promise, without saying the words, Kenny Pickett. Oh, wait. I just did. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. I'm not there. I am not, not even setting one pinky toe on to the bandwagon of he who shall not be further named in this episode. However, however, I do feel it is fair, reasonable, and even responsible as an observer of this franchise to say, with no agenda, no nothing here, that I didn't like the quarterback play Sunday in Cincinnati. I really didn't. That doesn't mean that I'm taking somebody's side or another side or I like this guy or don't like that guy or any social media narrative because that's what it's all got to be about. You're a Mitch guy or you're a fill-in-the-blank guy or you might even be a Mason Rudolph guy. I'm not anything of the kind. Not anything of the kind. But I do know what I'm seeing when I see it and I'm going to talk about it because I didn't like Mitch misfiring on probably a third of his passes now that I've had a chance to see the game both live from the press box in person and the replay on film, probably about a third of his passes. That's a lousy NFL game. Whether you are besieged by an army of invaders or whether you're just standing there in the pocket, it's not good enough. It's not what should be expected. I don't like that he almost never threw past the sticks. That's how you get an opponent to feel very, very comfortable coming up and stacking the box against the run. And that way more than an ineffective run block, which, by the way, was the case with the offensive line, was what was responsible for the running backs not getting anywhere. Not Najee Harris, not later on after Najee was hurt, Jalen Warren. Nobody went anywhere. Could the line have gotten a better push? Sure. They talked with me about that afterward. I respect that. But there's still, for the most part, a ton of guys up there. Because they know you're not throwing it deep. That part, that facet of the quarterback play looked no different than what we saw last year with Ben Roethlisberger, by the way. More than anything, what I really didn't like about the quarterback play was the reflexive check down. That, that was the one that got me more than anything. There was a third and 18. You might remember this. The Steelers were pretty much under their goalpost, and the Bengals just had three down linemen. That was it. No linebackers, no one else in sight. They were just going to drop everyone into coverage. The Steelers had their full offensive lineup there. So it's five on three. And however little you might think of the Steelers' O-line, they're going to handle five on three, right? Mitch takes a snap, moves a couple steps to his right, and immediately gets rid of the ball to the checkdown guy who had nowhere to go and was thrown down on the spot probably with the tackler laughing. I mean, at least give your receivers, who seem to have some talent based on some of the catches that they were allowed the opportunity to make, 
you know, give them a chance. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. And actually, you know what? I'm not even done because there's another thing that I didn't like. Hardly ever threw across the middle. And as someone who's been there watching OTAs, minicamp, training camp, preseason practices, I can tell you that a big, 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 big part of this team's offensive emphasis in 2022 was supposed to be throwing over the middle. Do you really think the Bengals secondary is that awesome that they had every single target covered right in front of the quarterback? Seems unlikely. Seems unlikely. The Steelers, in addition to having some speed and skill and everything else at the receiver position, they also have some size. They also have Pat Fryermuth. They also have Zach Gentry. They have people that they can hit over the middle. They do it all the time. You know who had a really nice, good football game on Sunday? Chase Claypool. You know how often Chase Claypool was targeted? Hardly at all. Hardly at all. He had to get the ball handed to him in the backfield in order to be active. Why? He wasn't getting hit, meaning he wasn't getting hit with targets across the middle. I am here to tell you, I don't do universal blame on a single player. I don't believe in that. Some of you who are listening to this right now are going, oh, wow, he's blaming everything on the quarterback. I just don't do that. The offensive line could play better. Even the wide receivers could have done some different things. I don't know what, but you know, maybe done a little bit better job getting open based on my second viewing. The running backs, particularly Najee, could have done a better job of hitting holes as opposed to following assignments and running right into their linemen's backs. So this isn't all about Mitch, but that shouldn't absolve him from criticism because someone else has decided this is to be the singular point of blame. B.S., okay? The quarterback can take his share. He was lousy. Half of the Steelers' offensive possessions were three and out. That's a joke. That's a joke. I don't care to what extent Mitch might have been advised by the coaching staff to play it safe. Hey, we got this big lead because of these takeaways. It's 17 to three. Just don't do anything dumb. And of course he didn't. That doesn't mean as an NFL quarterback, as a number one NFL quarterback, that it's okay to just check down relentlessly. At some point or other, you have to have a little bit of that, what's the word I'm looking for here? Swashbuckler, I guess, that's in you that says, hey, I have the ability and the awareness of how to take this football team down the field. You know who I think has that? Yeah. Like, I, I said I wasn't going to mention again. Just saying. When we come back, J1Q. The only, the premier destination in Pittsburgh for craft beer. More than 500 
craft beers available, more than 350 of those local, and more than 80 of those on tap. Mike's can't be topped, not for beer, not for the awesome kitchen and menu that's available, not for all the special events that are going on there. Check them out online at mikesbeerbar.com. Mike's Beer Bar, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. And today's J1Q comes from Ed Fleming, who asks, Dayan, how would you compare Minka Fitzpatrick and Troy Polamalu or the Steelers ever lucky to have them? Yeah, Ed, they are. And that's probably where I'd stop. Uh, and I mean that. Uh, no disrespect to either guy. But I don't see them as being all that similar. Minka can do a lot of the things, meaning from a positional standpoint, from a pursuit standpoint, that Troy could. Troy could do some of the things that Minka does from a takeaway standpoint. But the way they went about it was so different. Let's remember here, and I'm sure that you do, Ed, but for anyone who's a lot younger listening to this show, that Troy had maybe the most devastating close, meaning a close on a tackle or close on a football that any of us have ever laid eyes on. And maybe to some extent that got a little exaggerated because the hair flying all over the place. And when he would do stuff, you'd always know it was Troy and it just felt so much more dramatic. But maybe it also wasn't. He did amazing things physically. I don't know that you look at Minka like that. You're free to do that, obviously. But I, I don't know that that's a default mode. Whereas... And this goes back more toward the the Troy versus Ed Reed debates. Do you remember those? Because Ed Reed, of course, of the Ravens, was a guy who had maybe the most astonishing ball hawk sense of any safety in NFL history. Other safeties, great safeties over the recent decades, have been known more for their hitting, like the Ronnie Lott types. But Ed Reed was a guy that was just known for being able to flag down a football, just have this spectacular, I don't even want to call it a sixth sense, because for him, I think it was his first sense to know where the ball was going to end up and how he could get under it. Minka, in the talk that he and I had after the game in Cincinnati, emphasized to me how much it hurt him to be what he felt was criticized after the 2021 season because he took one for the team and he went up to the line of scrimmage and had to help with the run support. Well, that's not what he does at his best. What he does at his best is what he did on that pick six. You know, Joe Burrow was asked by Cincinnati reporters out there after the game what he saw on that play. And his response, which I thought was pretty candid, uh, under the circumstance, was that he felt that the Steelers had a play set up that was aimed at disguising Minka coming in. Because remember, that wasn't Minka's guy, the receiver that Burrow was targeting. The Steelers already had someone there. Minka was basically hiding in the shadows. Minka comes out at the last second, 
boom, there goes 39, just like that. For Burrow to acknowledge that means that he also probably was either a little bit upset with himself for not having recognized all of the safety's positions, particularly Minka's, before taking the snap, or he might not have been all that happy with his coaches. Either way, that's what Minka does. If he's allowed to freelance, and this is where he and Troy have a similarity because Dick LeBeau gave Troy all the license he'd want and need to do whatever it was that he could to make his own brand of splash plays. If Minka's allowed to operate, if he's allowed to roam the field, sniff out what the quarterback's going to do, he's got a better chance of catching that football than most of the people on the field, including the intended targets, that's how good he is. Comparing him to Troy, you can tell I'm trying to avoid that. I have immense respect for both of them, but in Minka's case, it's just way, way, way too soon to be doing anything of the sort. I appreciate the question, Ed. I appreciate the spirit in which it's asked. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one of these.